Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar, where we take you by the hand down to our cellar to peruse through some of the finest vintages from our conversational archive. Hence, something from the cellar, various selections of vintage tipples all served up for your listening pleasure. And for the next two weeks, we're taking you back to perhaps the defining decade for, well, a huge array of our previous guests. It's the 80s, baby. Yeah, get your hairspray out. Think Bananarama, the Nolans and Spandau Ballet, because today we're turning our attention to some of the decade's biggest pop powerhouses. And first up, possibly the nicest man in showbiz, former Spandau Ballet member turned actor and now radio DJ Martin Kemp. We spoke to Martin about how the band's name came to be, I warn you that, a bit odd, and how some of his formative nights spent on the dance floor at the Blitz nightclub in the early 1980s spawned not only huge careers for him and his band of brothers, but also countless other showbiz legends. It's 1980. Robert Elms is an aspiring young journalist and now an esteemed broadcaster. Yeah. He's over in Berlin. He sees, as he's taking a pee in Berlin on a toilet wall, the words Spandau Ballet. Yeah. That becomes you guys. It becomes us guys, but... The name obviously belonged to someone else. Somebody else wrote it on the toilet wall. Yeah. And it was a band. And get, my brother will tell you the story that he was walking down Oxford Street once and this German guy came up to him and chased him up the road saying, you stole our name! You stole our name! <laughs> yeah, in those days there was no Facebook where you could check it. You no. could check bands that were around. It was the first person to have that name and had a hit record with it. You owned it. That was the name. They never had a hit record. They were just a band that was starting out right. and wrote Spandau Ballet on the toilet wall. And so uh, obviously we uh, we were the first to have the hit record, the first to become famous. So it was our name. Finders keepers, right? Yeah, it was that. Yeah, <laughs> it was exactly that. You talk about the Blitz, right? What we should explain because your book really takes you there is what the Blitz was. The Blitz was a nightclub. It was mm. a night. It was a Tuesday night. It wasn't yeah. a Saturday night. No. It wasn't in some glamorous location. It was a mm. it was a dump. 
Right, it didn't even have a dance floor, did it? Well, it was a dumpy old wine bar. Yeah, you know that uh, had a kind of World War Two theme around it. When you say World War Two theme, it was posters of Winston Churchill, yeah. and it looked like it was out straight out of the Blitz. You know, it was kind of like a theme park. Uh, uh, but it was a dirty old place, you know. And it, Steve Strange and Rusty Egan took it over one night a week on a Tuesday, like you said. Steve Strange, face of the eighties, changed so many lives you can't imagine. You know, for Let's say there was like 150 people who went to that nightclub that, you know, that evening at the Blitz. Uh, uh, so many people did so well out of that. But you only got in if Steve Strange allowed you in. It was two quid yeah, on the door, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Rusty was the DJ, Rusty yeah. Egan, and he kind of soundtracked that. And, and I suppose so much of it was inspired by... The early works of David Bowie. Well, it was a Bowie night, kind of. Well, it, it stemmed from the, the club before that was Billy's. And uh, that was a pure Bowie's night, right? And it was kind of people went there dressing as kind of Roxy come Bowie. Uh, and that morphed into the Blitz when they got kicked out of Billy's. So it morphed into the Blitz. And then Rusty and Steve took it over. And like you say, uh, Steve was the face of it. He was on the door. Absolutely a beautiful human being. Became one of my best friends. Until you, the, you dedicate the book to him, he yeah, meant so much. Absolutely, to you. he never stopped trying to pull me his whole life. Did he you know, not? E no, every time we went out, and so yeah, he gave me one of my best friends, and uh, he was—I uh, I love him dearly. And I always think that we spoke about Anna Sher giving me the nice side of my personality. I think Steve Strange gave me the bad side, <laughs> the naughty yeah, side. Yeah, the naughty side. So just for anybody that can't picture Steve Strange, he was think of Visage. Um, and any of those videos, well, that's Steve Strange, right? Yeah. He was, he was a piece of art. He was. He was, he was human yeah. art. He was a piece of art. He, the first time I met him, I think he was dressed as a, a space cowboy. Huge padded shoulders, huge black hair pointing up. He must have gone up about, his quiff must have been two foot in Very high heart. quiff. You know, he had these bigger black old contact lenses over the whole of the eye and so the white pieces as well Martian-like. Oh, he was Martian-like but I loved him and I'd never met anyone with such charisma in all my life. I, I remember I talk about it in the book, I remember the first time I ever saw him was at a Generation X gig and can you imagine somebody being more charismatic than Billy Idol when Billy Idol was the most beautiful kid in the world and uh, so Steve Strange stood on the side of the stage, far too far on, you know, he was like just that bit too far. And uh, I was, couldn't take my eyes off Steve, you know. I was a huge Generation X fan, loved Billy Idol, but I couldn't take my eyes off of Steve Strange. He was that charismatic. And then the first time I met him was when I went to pay my, my two quid at the Blitz. And he held my hand and he held it for that bit too long as uh, I gave him my money. That the first time he tried to pull you? Yeah, the first time he tried <laughs> to pull me. Absolutely that. And it, and it went on from there. Wow. And then you'd walk into the Blitz Club, right, and just paint the scene for me. If you wanted to put your coat into the coat check, who was running the coat check? Oh, Boy George. Right. Boy George ran the coat check. Yeah. I mean, it was mad. Imagine this. It was coming out of a punk club that was... Everybody was down and dirty and it was dressed in their levers and their cut jeans and and everybody had was talking about there was no future there was no ambition so walking into the blitz 
the most colourful explosion I'd ever seen in my life. Like, there were kids from art school and kids from uh, universities around Covent Garden. Uh, the fashion make, crowd, right? Yeah, it was the, the fashion, fashion students, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, St Martin's College. Mm. And wearing their outrageous outfits, all in this explosive colour. On the record player, there was, I think, the first time I ever walked in, it might have been uh, Boys Keep Swinging that, that was on... Rusty was playing on the deck. And it was just an experience that I will never forget. Mm. It was just... Everybody was talking about what they were going to do, about the future, about who they wanted to become which was it didn't exist in those punk days so it was a room full of color and ambition yeah, right in yeah. a very black and white post yeah. recession yeah britain that was still really coming to terms with the tail end of world war Two. yeah absolutely in terms of the economics and yeah. just the infrastructure you talked about growing up playing on world war Two yeah. bomb sites and then in you go into into this place which is full of the misfits of society who then went on to redraw what society looked like, right? Yeah. So you had John, John Galliano in there, you had Bananarama. Eventually, George would come along with Andrew Ridgely. Ultravox, wow. Ultravox, I mean, mid-year. Yeah. And it became this kind of Petri dish. I mean, like, these people went on to create so much of the 80s. And you make a great point in the book. You say, economically, I'd love to work out the maths on what they contributed. Yeah. From, well, from this sweaty little bar on a Tuesday night that's too quid to get in if you look the right, you know, and if exactly. you don't look right, you're not coming in. Exactly. That's why I, I wanted to um, dedicate the, the book to Steve Strange because Steve, I'm sure Steve would be amazed now if he was still around that how he had changed the face of the 80s without knowing it. Mm. And so he gave life to so many people. It's incredible. So many different bands would not be here today. The 80s would not have been the same if it wasn't for Steve. And it's, it's, it's almost like he was a curator, right? Because yeah. he was a tastemaker. And if he said yeah. you were good, people took notice, which in itself was kind of... Not even soft power, that's just power. Yeah. But at the time, he didn't know it, you no. know. He was having fun. He didn't know what he was doing, but that's what happened. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. 
Next up is one of the most successful girl groups of any decade, not just the 80s. It's Bananarama. And when Karen Woodward and Sarah Darling came onto the show, they shared with us their own special memories of their time at the Blitz, as well as when they ended up living in a squat above the Sex Pistols' former studio. It was not fragrant. And what were your priorities then? Just good times? Fun. I think a lot of fun. Um, well, obviously I was studying, but yeah. then then suddenly the idea of the group, but it was meeting all, the, it was meeting really creative people that, you know, we had never it met before. It was sort of opening our eyes. It was sort of opening our eyes to things and new experience. It was all new I mean, experiences. We're, from and our we wanted clubbing, as many as we could get. Our clubbing, we, we first came across Boy George, Jeremy Healy, yeah. Mark Moore from S Express. I mean, all those people were not who they were then, and, and neither were we. And then suddenly, lots of people, even from the Blitz, Spandau Ballet. I mean, yeah. loads of people went on to be other things. It was it a very creative, creative cultural yeah. sort of time for youth, I think, mm. in those days. And it, it, I don't know if that sort of thing really exists now because everything yeah, seems to be online. Clubbing, and not clubbing really, was um, clubbing was very much dressing up, and and really everybody had a character, and it just. It was the excitement of dressing up, which I, I guess people still dress up, but it was like really mental dressing up, wasn't it? Yeah, experimental in, yeah. in that it wasn't just oh, put on a bit of lippy. It was what are you going to do for your look tonight? And mm. there's some very strange ones of me <laughs> in the book. <laughs> You haven't got the thing. I love them though. But I remember we had uh, Martin and Shirley Kemp on and they yeah. were talking about exactly this time. And, you know, you're right. It would be like a Tuesday night. Mm. And you would spend hours getting dressed up, and you wouldn't just do a little bit. It was a look. It was a yeah. theme. Yeah. You know, it was. And then, and then you would go out, and there was this this kind of petri dish of amazingly creative people, yeah. who all went on to become significant in terms of the cultural landscape of that yeah. time. And sometimes those people are just drawn together, aren't they? The yeah. most kind of magnetic. And then later in the eighties, we gravitated. We had a very sort of artistic sat around us, didn't we? Mavie mm. and John and, and Lee Bowery. Lee Bowery. And we, we sort of hung Lee out Bowery. in a different kind of environment, but with equally exciting creative people. Yeah. And it's just, it's quite inspiring being with people like that. People who think yeah. a bit differently and, you know, you can learn a lot. I love the detail in which you write about how skint you were, despite certainly in your early early days of Banana Rama, you're selling millions of records. But you're signing on. You're absolutely brassic. You're living in you know rehearsal studios that are, are free of charge, and you're showering. Where would where would you go for showers? Swimming baths, which is still the there. It's funny there because they had like little stalls where you open the door and there's a bath in there, and Karen said somebody ran they the did. bath for you, and you paid fifty p and you had a bath. I mean, that's almost Victorian. It's like what? well, it was. It was yeah. like a bathhouse. It's in the really oasis weird. Swimming baths. I don't know if they still do. I don't. Them. They have that there. But now. that was just at the end of Denmark Street where we were living. So that was what we. The rest of the time it was a boiled kettle and a bowl. Splash <laughs> <laughs> the face. <laughs> I mean, like when you say you're living in Denmark Street, that's like, you know, prime location now. That's multi-million pound addresses. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it was literally squalid. Yeah. It really was. It I was mean, a horrible outside toilet that was filthy. And I imagine the Sex Pistols had used 10 years before or five years before us. It um, was their rehearsal studio, wasn't it? Still belonged to those. And they still rehearsed there with their new band. So, um, yeah, we just lived in what used to be the office above it. And so it had an old table and just had nothing in there at all. No. Cold water, no hot water. 
Another few toilet outside. And leaks in the roof. Yeah. Between the beams. So we had a sort of carrier bags. Catching the leak. Catching all the water. And then Karen and I just took the uh, mattresses from the Y. YWCA, where we were living before that, while we were at college, while I was at college. Um, yeah, we just dragged the, the um, mattresses down there and th flung them on the floor, and that was it. I, I think we were only there for six months. But we end, were so we? happy there. Yes. I mean... Were you? Right. Well, <laughs> such an adventure. I, I sort of think... Soho. I mean, you're in the yeah. heart of Soho. And um, back then, that was where everything happened. Yeah. It was. I think it, you know, it's it was just a place of huge excitement for us. The fact that we could walk out and just be in the middle of everything. Finally, it's Colleen Nolan and her sister Maureen, both of them members of the Nolans. At the time, in the 80s, Ireland's biggest performing family act, who went on to achieve global superstardom. Here, they reminisce about how they became superstars in Japan as teenagers and how challenging that was at the time, but also how special it is to look back on. In fact, at one point, they sold more records in Japan than the Beatles. I think the whole uh, 80s thing in Japan was yeah. Yeah. incredible and something that at the time I didn't appreciate enough because it was hard work and yeah. I was very young and I spent most of it going, oh, I just want to go home, you know. Yeah. Did you? Um, you didn't, actually, you didn't yeah. I remember you saying you didn't really eat much while you were there. Well, you never <laughs> had time. Yeah. I mean, you think you work hard in this country, you've no idea how the Japanese work. And And to be fair... It worked, you know, we broke so many records uh, out there and the first, you know, uh, international acts to do whatever and we broke all those records. So they know what they're doing, but they have no concept of that you need to eat or go to the toilet. And, um, or sleep. So it was, re or sleep, yes. Yeah, so it's really, really, really hard work. But when I look back now, um, I look back and go, wow, it was absolutely, it was so first time and probably the last time where I felt like a proper pop star. Yeah. Really? You know, screaming. Yeah, screaming in the street. We weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Uh, we had to have the army take us around. You know, when we're on the bullet train, we had to be surrounded by the army to get us on the train. I mean, it was like everything you dream of, of a pop star when you're a kid. And there I was at 15 living it. Um, that, but that's, not that's the thing. It at the time. Cole, you were 15 and so... You'd always been too young to join the band yeah. until that yeah. point. And then when you joined, it just went international. I mean, you, yeah. you, sold more, you sold more records in Japan than the Beatles. Yeah. Well, at that time, yeah, I know. And we were the first international, um, we were the first uh, satellite as well. Yeah, we did our first satellite from, um, was it? Piccadilly Square over to Japan. Yeah. It was the first time they'd done that and um, loads of things. First international act to be in the... Um, in the international charts and the national charts. Yeah. The Japanese the charts same, and the international the charts. Time. Yeah, number one. It was just things like that where you go, wow, I don't think yeah. I appreciated that enough. But <laughs> how do you when you're 15? 
You know, it's hard. I know, but it? I drive my kids mad now because I'm 55 and I still go on about it now. <laughs> and whenever they say anything, I go, I think you forget I was huge in Japan. So <laughs> if you can just and unfortunately that. for us, that because that all catapulted and happened as she joined the act, she always says it was because of her that all <laughs> Obviously. Well, to be honest, Colin, it all stacks up as a story, doesn't it? It's like, oh, I joined exactly. an international yeah. stardom beckoned. Yeah, exactly. They've been going years before that, judging the board. But you know what? You look back now, like imagine your daughter at 15 experiencing that. Wow, yeah. You'd be terrified for them at the same time, wouldn't you? You'd be terrified for them and I'd be so protective of her. And the first time she'd ever phone me up and go, I'm just tired, I want to come home. I know as a mum, I'd dash over there and get her. Yeah, you would. the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, but luckily we we had partners with us. Linda's husband was with us at one point, and my my partner was with us, Richie, who I later married. But um, and our mum and dad came as well, so we were protected, and we used to protect each other really. You know, in in lots of ways. If any of us was, if one of us was getting big time, you know, the others would sort of slap them down really. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. We've always done everything. And being surrounded by family, and I think that makes such a difference. You know, the thoughts of Kira going off at 15 on her own, yeah. or even if I'd have been 15 on my own, I don't think I would have been able to cope with that on my own. Oh God, no, no, no. no. But, I mean, and you were always the baby of the family, so yeah, I still yeah. am. I'm 55, and they still treat me like I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for another midweek dive into the white wine question time treasure trove of a cellar. To listen to all of these episodes in full, just search the guest name in your search bar. This week, you enjoyed conversations with Martin Kemp, Banana Rama and Colleen and Maureen Nolan from the Nolans. I'll be back with a brand new episode on Friday. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great week. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. 
and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.